and welcome to another episode of Rayon. We booked it. Today we have more tropes. They're kind of romantic ones too. Not sure how this worked out. It just did when we were picking them out. <laughs> yeah. And before we get started, make sure to follow our Instagram at we booked it for updates about the podcast, book reviews, all the fun stuff's over there. <laughs> True. So, we're starting with, uh, I think it's a good trope, and I think this is one of the more prevalent ones in fantasy, I guess. Once again, I'm the fantasy reader. I realized after going through the list that we chose that I was like, man, this really plays to Rose's strength when it comes to reading of contemporary romance. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but that's perfectly fine. We gotta highlight you, too. So... The first trope is the infamous one bed trope. Ah, uh, the one the one bed trope. It's kind of laughable at this point. Like when it happens, it's funny. It's a good trope, but it's used a lot. Oh, for sure. It's one of those Yeah. It didn't it hasn't outstayed its welcome yet. You know? I think it's funny. Oh, it's so <laughs> funny. Um and I'm here for it. I I know it creates that, like, sexual tension. But, like, to me, I find it comedic. Um, I think part of why it's comedic is because it's so well-known at this point, too. But it's just right. like, oh, there it is. It. There it is. It, yeah, exactly. You're like, uh, of course. Not even surprised. Not even surprised. <laughs> So why don't you start us out with this wonderful trope? Alright. This comes up quite a bit in your romance, contemporary romance novels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I tried to pare it down. <laughs> I thought of the, the Spanish Love Deception by Alina Armaz, which... I read this year. Very good. There's a book review um, of that up on the on the Instagram. On the yeah, the, the it's true. Yeah. yeah, there is a book review. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed this book. Um, it also plays so the setup of it also plays into another trope that we're gonna get into mm-hmm. later. Um, but basically. The main character takes um, this guy, <laughs> like, has has him as her plus one for, I think, like, her sister's wedding or something. And um, the family thinking that they're dating has just one bed for them. <laughs> mm. And he's, like, supposed to be, like, a big guy. So, like, of course the size of the bed is, like, a twin bed or something. No one would give to a couple a twin bed. Right. A twin bed fits one child. Not two adults. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then there's a joke where all they do is just sit on the bed and it breaks. So then their family is, like... 
making suggestive comments about them breaking the bed and she's getting so flustered because she's like no that's not what happened honestly all we even did if i knew it even it. if i knew they didn't do anything they hadn't done anything i still would make that joke <laughs> it's funny oh all you did was it sit on funny. the bed huh Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, that's a good example of it. That is a good one. <laughs> keep going. You you're, you got the next one on that list. Keep going. Oh, we're just gonna okay, yeah, just go through it. Go through it then. Just go through it. All right. Um, people we meet on vacation by Emily Henry also has one bed trope. Um, I don't know why I can't bring this to my mind right now and what the situation is there but just know it's do good they, do they meet someone <laughs> on vacation um <laughs> so it's it's two best friends and they would go on like summer trips together i remember now it's all coming back and like it's all coming back um, and what they would do is they would, like, try to go on really, not, like, extravagant trips, but try to get the most bang for their buck and just have really fun experiences, even though <clears throat> they didn't want, they didn't have the money at the time when they first started doing these trips together. Um, then something happens, they don't talk to each other for a couple years, and then they go on a vacation together. And uh, if I remember correctly, it's like at the hotel or something. <laughs> and there is one bed. There's only one bed. There's one bed. So they kind of like so just yeah. ran into each other again? Kind of. I mean, like one of, like one of them admits. I can't remember if it's the guy or the girl, but one of them admits to being in love with the other person. And so they don't talk for two years, oh. and then kind of reconnect. And she really wants to, like, heal things between them, and so invites him on this one week vacation that her fancy like job pays for she's like a like a, some person who travels and then like rates i don't know if it's like a magazine or something but i mean you get to travel and she, like judge things i'm sold yeah pretty I'm much i'm sold like <laughs> yeah i want to travel places and judge things <clears throat> i know right who doesn't so yeah And there was one bed. Well, and there was one bed. Yeah. Should we introduce the next one together? Yes. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. One, two. Oh, okay. two, three, three. The, the love, love hypothesis. Hypothesis. By Allie Hazelwood. Yes. <laughs> I think it's interesting 
that this one was put in here. Because the book is self-aware. But it's not a typical one-bed trope. No. Yeah. Because there's not one bed. But only one bed is used. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's funny. Because like the book is self aware about it. Because the main character, Olive so Adam you know, she gets herself into a predicament. Adam's like, you can come stay with me at the hotel room. You know, there it's a double. There'll be two beds. And she goes, no, there won't be. And lo and behold, there are two <laughs> beds. Hotels don't lie yeah. <laughs> about if a room is a single or a double, thankfully. Um, and crisis averted. I think, I think it's funny. Because... I, you put it on here, but I do believe that it qualifies as one bed trope, even though it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. <laughs> and I just, I think it's so funny that this book is so self-aware. Because if I remember correctly, at the beginning of the chapter, it's like, she gives some statistic and is like, there's going to be one bed. <laughs> like... Nine in nine out of ten experiences, there's going to be one bed, <laughs> and it's just so well done. And like you said, only one bed gets used. So, <laughs> so I mean, sounds like a one bed trip to me. Exactly, if it if it's the bill, yeah. So, and then you have some books. Yeah, as well. you read this book too. Iron Flower by Lori Forrest. There is indeed one bed. Um, And this one bed single-handedly finally starts the romance off. With them (laughs) confessing their love because, unfortunately, Ellerin sleep talks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She wakes up. She goes, oh, I was dreaming. You didn't hear anything, right? He goes, well... Uh, I think it's funny. I think it's funny how this one-bed one trope is done, though. Because it does build the tension. But it's also literally the thing that, like, starts the romance off. Like, they're finally both like, well, I guess we're just giving up on not trying. Or, or trying to avoid each other in the sense... I thought it was funny. Right. No, that... <laughs> yeah. I I do really love how she's like, oh, you didn't... You didn't hear anything, right? And he, he just looks at her and is like, you're talking to your sleep, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and he's... And she's like, ah, what, 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 what I say? Yeah. He goes, you love me? He's like, what? Uh, What? What? Uh, I what? said what now? No. Oopsie. <laughs> <sighs> just goes to show that they're they are just two awkward teenagers. They are. <sighs> we like that though. We do. Especially when they're in a rebellion. Uh moving on to my next book though. <laughs> 
Honestly, that the Iron Flower was my first one bed trope I believe I've ever read. That's if I read, oh, if I re- okay. remember correctly, which we're not going to put too much on that because I don't have the best memory. Um, but the next one was The Queen's Assassin by Melissa de la Cruz. And it was an okay book. Um, we oh. talked about it previously in uh, another tropes where we talked about insta-love. And this was on that list. Um, because it, it is insta-love, and I'm not... I'm not... No. I'm not always... I'm not I'm not normally sold on that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. By the time... They had known each other for about, like, maybe a week at most by the time they're trapped by this one bed... Uh, this one bed trope. So, yeah. I don't know. Not much more to say about that one. Fair. Should we move on to the next one, then? We should. Uh, (laughs) technically this next one, I, I looked. I really did look. I found (laughs) none, zero books on my shelf that align with this trope. Except for the one that Rose had already listed. Because we both read it. Yeah. So I was like, well, I can't contribute much to that, but moving on. It is totally fine. So we'll we'll skim over. Yeah. Skim over what I have here then. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. Just because I don't... Just because none of those fantasy books are willing to, you know, take this leap of faith... <laughs> In fantasy books, there's not much reason for this when you're trying not to die, okay? Yeah. I was just thinking, I wonder if there are any fantasy books with fake dating. There probably are. I just have not read them. But I will. Everyone else. Yeah. The characters are sensible in the books that you read. Uh... (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I don't know that's sensible. Um, I think they do have a sense of urgency, um, but I wouldn't say they're sensible. Fair. Fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm understood. All right. So fake dating. We all we all know what this trope is. Mm-hmm. Two people pretending to date inevitably falling in love as one does apparently as one does um again this happens in the spanish love deception that's basically the whole premise of the book um the two characters agree that fake dating is is it's the best solution for the problems that they have in their life i mean i guess um so, I mean, she needs a date to the wedding, and I forget his reasons. Yes. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> I think you just gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and the love hypothesis. Yeah. Again, the whole premise of the book. <laughs> That's a funny one, though. It is so funny. I'm, I'm telling you. 
I know there was the one chapter that came out that was like from Adam's perspective. I want to see Adam's perspective. I just I would take a whole book from Adam's perspective just so he can realize like I'm fake dating the girl I've been in love with for the past three years. How did I do that? Yes. Yes. I want. I want. I want his perspective of chapter one, where the girl he's been pining after for three years kisses him randomly, and he has the audacity to fu- to say he's gonna file a Title Nine. <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> he wanted that harassment. He did. He did. But yeah, that's a that's a good fake dating one. Yeah, and also that's just a running joke, and then a serious accusation, but mostly a running yeah. joke. I think more, more for my <laughs> Title Nine. Yeah, uh, and it's it's also a well done, I think, fake dating too. Mm-hmm. So, and then. The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Hopefully I said that right. Um, the main character is actually has... Um, it's not called Asperger's anymore. No, they don't diagnose which that. Which is like high-functioning autism, but she has she is on the autism spectrum. She's proud of it, loves her work. Um, but her parents are worried because she ke- she keeps going on dates with guys but not really starting a relationship and she's like well why would i because <laughs> have you met the guy yeah like <laughs> a-, a lot of the guys she would go on dates with were not as smart as her or and that's a red flag i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> she had her own preferences and that's totally fine yeah. um but the parents would like blame her autism <laughs> this dumb which yeah let's not even get into that yeah but don't she do that ends up so with her parents being worried she enters into a fake dating situation with a guy Whose job is actually to be a male escort? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Well, would you look at that? <laughs> and so it's like unexpected, and she literally hires this guy and is like, "Can you please just teach me how to be in a relationship?" <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and. He's resistant to it at first because he's he is like genuinely a good person and is like no I don't like I I feel like that would be just taking advantage of her and like it it felt wrong to him that's totally fine but you know things things happen fake they fake date and they fall in love Aww. and they're in like a really good relationship. Aww. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that book. That's nice. Yeah. Next is one I could definitely add to. <laughs> the Friends to Lovers. 
Friends to Lovers. We all love it. We do. Friends to Lovers and Enemies to Lovers are like about the best blank whatever to lovers tropes. Yeah. So. I will ask you to once again just begin, Rose, because you got this list done before I remembered to do it, so. (laughs) Alright, I'll start my monologue. (laughs) We all need a monologue moment. Um, Now is yours. Yeah. (laughs) People we meet on vacation, again, like I said, they started out as friends and then they end up in a relationship. It works out for them. Very, very well done. Um, Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. Uh, they... This is the second book in... I think it's a duology, so it's the second book. Um, and they're like half-sisters. So the one sister already has her man. Um, and so the other sister is like, well, I'm friends with his best friend... Ha ha ha. This, that honestly and, sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> there, it's, there, it's nothing suggestive. Like, it is a pure friendship. And he, he's known to be, like, a player. So the fact that he can have a woman as his friend is, like, a big step for him. And then, of course... They, yeah, they find yeah, about out that. that they're attracted to each other and, you know, go from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> it happens. What, what uh, can you do Yeah. when you're a romance what? or a character in a contemporary romance book? What can you do? You, can't, you just got to let the author decide what trope they're going to embrace, I guess. Yeah. You're at their mercy. So, mm-hmm. All right, and then the last example, which is not the last. I have so many more for all of these tropes, but I wanted to keep it, you know, succinct. <laughs> <laughs> Try to convince you to read some of these books. A Heartstopper by Alice Oseman. Of course. Um, of course. The one, literally. the only. <laughs> I, again, love the show, love the graphic novel so much. It's just so heartwarming. <laughs> it's endearing. And they start off as friends. And that's so pure to me. <laughs> so we know what uh, what trope Rose loves. Yeah. <laughs> I do love a good friends to lovers. Because I feel like that's true of real life, is you want to have a good friendship with a person that you end up with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That's what I got. Oh, and now it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to start <laughs> with We Are Still Tornadoes by Michael Kahn and Susan Mullen. I love this book. I didn't expect to love it as much as I do. I've talked about it before. I will talk about it again right now. Um, Two best friends from high school. But, you know, they've graduated now. And the girl uh, goes off to college. And they write letters to each other. Like. 
cool. And, like, you can see, like, there's dates on the letters, too. So you see, like, how many days it took them to, like, respond to each other, stuff like that. And and they just tell each other about their lives. And they support each other. And they get angry at each other. But then they apologize. And they make up. And then... Oh, gosh. So... The guy gets into a band and he writes a lot. He he writes songs and he'll send her the lyrics. And like when he's visited her college, like he's got a few girls that are kind of like, yeah, um, and like an an ex that he keeps going back to. <laughs> um, and then he sends her like towards the end of the book, when you know. So um, he sends her these lyrics and she goes. Oh, I really like them. I'm just confused because, you know, your girlfriend didn't wear that dress at prom. She wore this color dress, not red. And then he's like, oh, it's strange that you assume that was about her. And then essentially, like, shortly after that, he confesses, like, yeah, it's about you. And then they get together. And then he gets accepted to go to her college and they go to college together. That was so cute. I, I read it that. in a day. It's a super short read. It's it's so sweet. I truly I truly love that book. I think that's a beautiful friends to lovers. Um the next one is The Distance Between Lost and Found by Katherine Holmes. This is another like friend friends to lovers is an aspect. Um I guess it could also be like the friends to strangers to lovers kind of thing um basically the guy had a crush on her for a long time but she pursued someone else so and then there was a whole um scandal so he didn't talk to her at all Mm. for the longest time and it's not until they're on this like youth retreat for church that like and they get lost in the woods um that they finally like start to talk again and stuff like that, um, and it's it's nice because, like on one hand, I'm like you're lost in the woods, this isn't the time for this. But on the other hand, I'm like, but I'm glad you're coming back together, and like you have friends because like she didn't have any friends, so I'm like, I'm glad, you know. It's kind of like a coming of age story, but lost in the woods. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's really cute because, like, the main character, Hallelujah. The main character's name is Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> but she, um, before, like, then they're in the hospital at the end of the book. She's like, oh, I need to go see him. And then she goes to see him, and I think they hold hands, and they just sit together in the hospital. There's another girl. I'm pretty sure the other girl's name was Rachel. I won't forget she exists this time. I forgot she existed before I reread the book. <laughs> but there's another girl, and they just become fast friends. Oh. I just <laughs> I read the, I read the title I put next, and I forgot I put it. Which is, Of Enemies and Endings by Selby... By Shelby Botch or Bach or whatever. I love that series. I love that series so much. The Of Giants and I series. It's amazing. <laughs> of Enemies and Endings is the last book. It's a quartet. It's the last book. And I love it. So basically, 
you spend the first three books. You spend like the first three books where you've got the main character Rory. I remember the guy's name is Chase, and then they've got their best, their other best friend, um, and I, I'm blanking on her name right now, but she's like the brains of the group, um, and they're best friends. And then at the very end of the third book, he goes. He, like, mumbles to himself while Rory's there, like, what is it about 8th grade? Or whatever the heck. Because, like, everyone's coupling up, and he's like, what is it about 8th grade? Because you, it, he, like, kind of alludes to the fact that he likes her. And then in the fourth book, the final one, for some reason he's been hanging out with this other girl, and Rory's like, what the heck? I thought you kind of confessed your crush to me. Um, and then it turns out there was a spell on him. So they break the spell. Also, he got his tail and he was Sleeping Beauty. And guess who had to kiss him to wake him up? Ooh, who? Rory, that's who! Oh! Oh! <laughs> um. But, like, it's, it's such a nice, like, series. Like, it really is. Just because, like, there's... No insinuation when they first meet that they'll get together or anything. Like, it's just a group of best friends who have the same after-school activity, essentially. If you read the series, you would know. <laughs> um, and they're just best friends until he develops a feeling. He, he caught feelings. And, and then she almost dies and they made bets on when they'd kiss. Like, their classmates made bets on when they'd kiss. So, like, he... She's about to enter what they think is literally about to be, like, the final battle. Like, she could die. And he goes, everyone turn around. <laughs> and they all turn around, and then they're exchanging money. <laughs> it's a well-done friends to lovers, that's all I can say. It's all I can say. If it's got other characters making bets on when they're going to kiss, I think it's a good one. Oh my god. I think it's a good one. <laughs> I like that it's a, a lot, good one. yeah. It's a good one. Um, then there's... <clears throat> there's These Hollow Vows by Lexi Ryan. Um, I forget the main character's name, but the best friend uh, is Sebastian. Or at least, that's what she knows him as. I forget his actual name. Uh, he turns out to be a fae in disguise. Also, she doesn't like the fae. Um, but she kind of puts that aside because the unseelie king steals her sister. So she, she has to, like, infiltrate. She's working for the unseelie king, but also, like, fully has feelings for Sebastian. They started out as friends, then they became lovers. They got married, too. Lots of stuff happens. Um, although I will say, while it was a friends to lovers, it does not last. Oh. So, that one's a little different on this list. It's kind of sad, but they I like to think they go back to, be, to being friends, because he does become a lot less selfish in the second book. And then the final one. It's Lady Midnight by Cassandra Clare. 
and just essentially the entire Dark Artifices series by Cassandra Clare. Because Emma and Julian were the bestest of bestest friends until there was actually a curse on them because they were both in love with each other. But what yeah. what can you do? They didn't say you couldn't. It, well, they did yeah. say you couldn't fall in love with your parabata. They just didn't say why. So what's to stop them? I mean, and if, if you think about it, and let's think about it, shall we? <laughs> Emma and Julian were like best friends as kids, and then Emma's parents die, and so do Julian's, and they're going to send Emma away. But Julian, the little boy he was, who didn't want his best friend to leave, who also kind of didn't want his crush to leave, who were the same person, um, instead decided the only way I can stay together with her is to become Parabadi. And they lived a good long time as best friends in Parabadi with a one-sided really <laughs> with a one-sided love of Julian to Emma before Emma realized Julian looks good too. So and then <laughs> and then and then we lead perfectly into the next trope. Because Parabadi should never fall in love. And that makes it a forbidden love as well. Which is the next trope. Yes. Boom. Yes. They Boom. shouldn't love each other, but they do. And honestly, it's a big driving force for the entire uh, trilogy. Because yeah. they give in and then they say, no, we shouldn't do this. <laughs> and then they give in again and then they go okay this time we're gonna try and find a, uh, an actual way to try okay um, and then things happen and that gets put on the back burner and then you know all you need is some heavenly fire to burn away your pair of bad eye rooms and you're fine All's, all is fine and well and dandy and you are now free to be in love <laughs> That's actually a really good way to... All, I, all I'm saying is, I didn't spoil anything directly, despite saying things. Alright. <laughs> I think you're still free to read the series. I, I haven't spoiled anything. I, yeah. I still have to read the last book. You really should. I really want to. I own them. They're sitting on a shelf. Do you, do I need you, to do you read love them. Alec and Magnus? Yeah. Do you want to see their wedding? What? Their wedding is in these books? Better get reading. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. <laughs> I did it, guys. Fine. I know how to convince the people. You peoples. convinced me. <laughs> I've convinced you only because I, too, love Alec and Magnus with every being of my body. Yes. Like, Emma and Julian will always be my number one Shadowhunter couple, but Alec and Magnus is number two. Number two. No offense, Clary and Jace, but Alec and Magnus. No, I fully respect that. I mean, have you read the Bane Chronicles? Because... What yes. do you get your shadow? So what do you good. get a shadow hunter who is everything and also you aren't technically dating? <laughs> also, their first date. 
so cute. I'm so excited to finally get to read one of the short stories where Alec just brings home Max. I'm excited for that. <laughs> but yeah. Continue on, you've got the next one. Ah, uh, yeah. So, segueing into uh, Clary and Jace. City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she loves those forbidden love tropes. This one's not okay, um, though. No one, no, one, no one likes this one. No. And we've discussed this before. It's the, it's the incest, the suggestion of the incest. And we don't have to be a dead horse here. But is it... it no. <laughs> no. Unneeded, uncalled yeah. for. Moving on. <laughs> I was surprised she kept it going. Very forbidden love. I was surprised she kept it going for as long as she did. Because I didn't, I didn't I read the series until recently. So, like, at the end of the first book, it's, like, implied that they're siblings. And I'm like, okay, I know they're not. But surely this will last for, like, one book. Right? The entirety nope. of the second book is nope. still a problem. I'm like, you're kidding me. This has yep. to end at the third book, right? And thank God it did. But by goodness, I was... Mm. I was like, are we really still doing this? Like, can you really just not lose your feelings like that? Like, come on. You think he's your brother. No. It's bad. Yeah. It ain't great. No. The heavens truly blessed us all when that trope ended. Yes. Yes, it did. <clears throat> Another Forbidden Love. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Good book. <laughs> the for the forbidden love in this one yeah it's good the forbidden love in this one isn't any of the seven husbands Whoa. it's the woman she's attracted Whoa. to and so she ends up married so 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 one of the husbands she has is essentially her beard and same with the girl that she's attracted to, she marries a guy, and that's her beard, and the four of them <laughs> live together, and the guys are actually together, and the girls are actually together. <laughs> I have never heard the term beard used like that. Really? I didn't know. I've learned something. Yeah. So, yeah. Well then. <laughs> Good for Evelyn Hugo. Good for all of them in that situation. It worked out. It did. It was it was sad in the end. Oh. But cuz the husband ends up dying and I kind of figured I was like unless that's the seventh husband. Yeah. So. <sighs> Moving on. Okay. Round me. I've got The Last Namsara by Christian Cicerelli. Um, I love this book. I've read this book maybe three times. 
when I want to, I'll just pull this book off my shelf and read through all of my favorite parts, which is a majority of the book. Um, <laughs> so the main character, Asha, falls in love with Torwin. Torwin is a slave. And Ooh. Asha is, uh, the is they call her the Ascari. She's not. Um, that's the title they've given her, but it's the wrong one. Um, and so, essentially, Iskari is, like, the goddess of death in that world. So, like, she's been given the title, like, the goddess of death, and so she's trying to kill all the dragons so she can kill all the old stories so that way they won't kill anyone else like they killed her mother. Um, and so, like, she, like, no one's supposed to touch her, all this stuff. There's all these rules. And she's essentially been, like, ostracized. While also, like, no one likes her, but she's also, like, proud of herself because she's like, I'm doing a good thing, kind of. Um, and, uh, despite being a very, like, she's a, she follows the rules for most of the part, for the most part, except for when Torwin comes into play and she helps him escape death because... She fainted, and he caught her, which involved touching her, so he was going to be killed. By her betrothed, Ooh. especially, who was a jerk. Um, so, yeah, she helps him escape, and then, essentially, they work together, and over time she develops feelings. And I remember there's this scene where they're hiding, and they're, like, in an enclosed space, hiding together. And she's thinking to herself, as they're having, like, this, like, slightly intimate moment of, like, she's kind of giving in to these feelings she has for him. They don't even kiss in this moment, either. Like, they kind of just, like, look at each other and, like, touch their noses. <laughs> um, and she's just kind of, like, she, like, thinks to herself, like, look at you wanting a slave. You know, like, you're, you're, like, like... She looks down on herself like, you're nasty, you're disgusting, you're kind of like, you know, like, of course you're tarnished, you're the Ascari, you know, you've got this horrible title, and, you know, all this stuff. Um, and she fights her feelings for this dude, for Torwin, for the longest time, um, until she doesn't. And, like, Torwin nearly gets killed many times, because he's like, I won't leave you, and she's like, you best not die. <laughs> Go. Um, yeah. It's mostly forbidden because she's betrothed. Mm -hmm. But also because he's a slave. And she's the daughter right, of, like, yeah. the king, essentially, as well. I forgot to mention that. So, there's, like, a status thing. Uh, next is To Kill a Kingdom by Alexandra Cristo. Uh, this one kind of, I guess you could say, is enemies to lovers, but I like to think enemies to lovers is just a thinly veiled forbidden love at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> because the enemies shouldn't get together, so it's kind of forbidden when they do. And that's what happens right. when the daughter, the siren daughter of the sea queen is made mortal and given legs and made to go kill the prince in this book. Um, but they end up traveling together 
to f to get a thing. I forget what it is quite. I've forgotten. Um, it's like an amulet or something. Oh! It's... Yeah. It's like a, a, an old sea goddess's, like, heart or something. Like, something like that. Like, it was split in two, so that way the land and the sea couldn't tear each other apart constantly. So, like, they're equal. Um. So, you know, if the girl is sent to kill the guy, and her mother will kill her if she doesn't kill the guy, you know, it's kind of a forbidden love. When they do fall in love and confess. Yeah. Also, he hates sirens and does not know she's a siren for a majority of the book. <laughs> that tends to happen. <laughs> people don't know that the other yeah. people's the person they actually hate. Oops. Tee -hee, oops. And then my final forbidden love is a forbidden love because of a prophecy that neither of the two characters believe in. Which is The Black Witch by Laurie <laughs> Forrest. Because Ellerin yeah. and Yvonne, uh, neither of them believe in this <laughs> prophecy that's saying like, oh, the Black Witch will rise again and she's going to fight, you know, the the Ikarl of prophecy that will come and try and kill all the Garnerians or whatever the heck. Um, neither of them believe in that prophecy. Like, Yvonne literally says, like, I don't believe in prophecies. And yet, Yvonne also believes he is the Ikarl of prophecy. I have my doubts. Um... And Ellaren is the Black Witch. And yet, they get together. Because they fall in love. Yeah. And you can speak on that too. You've, you've read those two books. <laughs> I just think it's funny. I... I... No, I agree. I think Yvonne's better for her than... Of course he is. The other guy. Of course he is. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, no. That's because you're making the right choice. <laughs> I will say I know people who haven't made that right choice because of things. But there's a right choice and Yvonne is the right choice. Mm -hmm. At the moment. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's all we got. Yeah. I could I could fit some in there, just not 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 at first. <laughs> yeah. That that's totally fine. Like like we've discussed, the genre that you read also can impact the tropes. Well, I feel like if you look at the books that you wrote down for Forbidden Love there, those are fantasy fiction those aren't the contemporary yep yeah ready for outro the thing yes I was trying to think if there's anything else but I think that's okay. it we've done it success so, we have thank you for listening to our podcast remember to follow our Instagram to see updates on podcasts because December's a weird month of holiday 
and busyness. Um, book reviews, because some of the books we've mentioned here got book reviews, or at the time we were reading them, you could see little updates as we were reading them. Uh, and just anything else, because, you know, the podcast is the place to be for any other updates about this, literally. <laughs> the podcast, the Instagram. So true. But, as for now, we gotta book it. <laughs>